just as less is more holds as a maxim for all of us in life, in financial services just the same. It is possible to move faster with less friction thanks to technology. The big question is, how do we get past the generalities and into the specific technologies and how to adapt them? To answer that question today, we have David Brooks, the CEO of Cirrus. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights unscripted. Banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. 2021 has been a great year so far, and let's keep it rolling with today's guest, David Brooks. David is the founder and CEO at Cirrus with more than 20 years in the financial services industry. David has deep experience in commercial banking, and previously, Brooks was the senior vice president at BB&T and also held positions at Deloitte, Citigroup, Merrill Lynch, and Four Bridges Capital Advisors. His mission is to save the banking industry 10 million hours of wasted time per year. And let's get started. David, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you so much, Lou. It's great to be with you today. Now, I would love to know what you believe bankers should be focusing on right now. Growth. You know, I'll betray a little bit of my prejudice here. I am a dyed-in-the-wool believer in the United States of America, in our economy, in our system. It's not perfect, but I see pent-up demand and absolute wall-to-wall dynamic growth ahead across all sectors. That may make me a little bit different. I know there's a debate these days about whether there's a bubble in the stock market, earnings versus prices. That debate has never ended throughout my whole career. So if you look around you physically in the physical world, there are plenty of cars in traffic on the road. There are people wanting to go to restaurants and the pent up demand that I'm seeing is very exciting, but also poses a challenge for bankers who haven't yet sorted out scalable processes for their business. This is the last call for sorting out how will we grow? How will we meet all of this pent up demand? Now you mentioned something very interesting. There's a lot of talk about how we're going to get there. I'm sure you're studying this. How do you think we're going to get there? What are the key elements? It's interesting looking back at some of the Fed numbers around the second quarter of 2020, despite a massive drop off in economic activity, productivity increased. I attribute that in part to folks spending no time commuting, less time between meetings. And Lou, I don't know if you're like me in this, but having the ability for people now to book appointments directly to your calendar through an app like Calendly or even HubSpot has a plugin for that. People can now just voluntarily interject themselves into your schedule, which is great because it helps business get done quicker. It also means that we have less time between meetings. 
So as I think back to the second quarter of last year, I was spending a lot of time going from meeting to meeting to meeting and no time commuting. So it's not surprising to see that productivity could increase at least to some limitation, right? Because there's only so many hours in the day and you get a drop off in productivity after putting out so many hours per person. But what's striking about that as we fast forward to today, people have made adjustments to life on Zoom or other meeting devices. They've also realized that we need to have tools to enable folks to do things on their own time. So if you look at commercial lending, which is a huge driver of the economy, there's a multiplier effect. When a bank makes a loan, it's actually creating money. And I don't think that everyone realizes that. When their local bank closes that deal for an increased credit line, they've just created new money in the system. And so that's enabling new growth. Well, if I have to go back and forth with my banker, well, what's your schedule? Which department is that? Are you available on Friday? Well, no, I can't do three o'clock. This whole friction around just getting a chance to meet, to discuss the needs of the business is a big barrier to growth because that could add a week or two weeks or three weeks to the closing timetable if there is really a deal there to be done. So what we're saying is let's enable people not only to interject themselves into your schedule, but also let's enable them to go and request financing at midnight after they're done with all their meetings. There's a big opportunity for banks to increase the number of options, increase the optionality that a business owner has seeking and closing financing. So with technology, we can accelerate that and there's now a lot more awareness. So if the bank that you work at hasn't taken steps to enable a lot less friction in the origination process, that's a sign of work that needs to be done. Oh, yeah. Could not agree more. We are in a very natural progression where we're gaining speed and we're losing friction. What do you see your role in this being with Cirrus? How are you trying to move that ball forward? That's a great question. Lou, as a former community banker, I was the local market president for one of our markets in Florida when I was with BBNT, which is now Truist. And a big part of my job was understanding the market, who the players were, the dynamics of that market as we exited the recession. This is, you know, 10 years ago. On that basis, I could make informed recommendations about financing, both internally in terms of do we approve this loan request and externally to be able to say to a business owner, I don't agree with this, or I really think you should do this. And maybe you should look at even a bigger project. Those types of bits of advice based upon owning the market as a mentality, a great commercial banker can be a huge difference maker in the lives of those around a business for the employees, the owner, obviously, for the customers of a business, a great banker is invaluable. So our view is that we want to support that banker, enable them to provide great advice. We see them as never going away. That person has a place going forward. But certain things about how they operate are done the same today as they were in you know, 1980. And so we do take a lean manufacturing approach 
to look at how the humans involved in the banking process interact with the software and other systems to generate these assets, which are the new loans that we're creating. So how do humans and machines interact to create assets better, faster, more robust, less risk, less cost? That's our focus. And so it's based upon a belief that the community banker is essential and can be enabled to even do more great things by having to do less horrible, <laughs> demeaning, or even just wasteful tasks. If I'm hearing you correctly, this also translates to how fintechs will operate. So when we think about communities, there are not just the geographical communities that are being served, but we're also talking about different types of lending. So I think, for example, about the hotel industry or even mobile home owners. What do you see going on there that you think is worth paying attention to? Sure. The trend toward greater specialization has been in place for certainly the last decade and more because we find that when we're successful with a particular target, you mentioned hotels, and I had some success financing hotels. What happens in that community is that the word gets out, you've got an excellent banker over here or an institution that's showing a strong appetite. The word gets around quickly and there's plenty of work for one person to do. So specialization in that particular product is a natural thing to evolve. So I'd be remiss not to mention Frank Rotman's piece, The Copernican Revolution in Banking, which he wrote, I don't know, four or five years ago. Just a great analysis of how specialization is going to be not just a nice thing to do, but really a requirement and for the institution as a whole. So where we used to say in the banking world, we're going to fund our loans with deposits. So we've got to get great at gathering deposits. Technology's eliminated the need for a lot of those rules of thumb. It is a misnomer. It is misunderstood if folks think that you still have to try to be all things to all people. The market just isn't that way anymore. There are opportunities to plug in capabilities that you don't have to develop yourself as a bank and do it quickly. Which leads us to the talk of cloud-based systems. Much that is going on in the cloud can be subscribed to. And the cloud can, in fact, support collaboration throughout the loan process. That's something you have a specialized view on. Share some of what you know with us. I would say that looking at the performance of the companies that are providing cloud services, Amazon, Microsoft, even Oracle has gotten into the game. The demand has been reflected in the share prices. So about a year ago, when COVID hit, we noticed that Microsoft was no longer provisioning new resources in their cloud infrastructure outside some very specific cases having to do with fighting the pandemic. So you couldn't get a new server online unless you had a financial services tie or a healthcare tie. So we have this view of the cloud as being this limitless monolithic capability that's available it's really not. There are some choices that are important to be made. There are some choices to make that need to be well-informed. There are new security threats. So the cloud is worth understanding in depth. What it means for the consumer though, for the user, for the banker, is that 
I don't have to put normal business hours around much of anything anymore. It can be a 24-7 availability that unleashes the power of the customer. If you look at Amazon, over the course of a couple of decades, Jeff Bezos and his team created the most valuable company in the world, basically off the principle of focus on the customer. He was asked recently about a competing cloud service, and he said, I don't follow my competitors. I focus on my customer because you should be afraid of your customer, not your competitor. So if we look at what Jamie Dimon is saying about fintech these days, if we look at the reality around cloud and how it's developed so quickly in the last year to address these infrastructure shortages, like I mentioned, there's a lot changing very, very quickly. But that North Star has got to be the customer. So that's what we focus on. And when a bank says we'd like to implement this new idea, we see a potential for you to develop your software in a way that serves us better. They move to the front of the line. We don't have some preconceived thing that we're doing that trumps the customer. That is an absolute disaster waiting to happen. So when we think about the cloud, it's really about enabling the customer to do business on their own terms when and where they wish from a device and supporting that through great internet connectivity. We believe in that because it's philosophically tied to our operating principles, client first, order from chaos, built to serve. And the cloud is a direct supporter of that. It's wonderful that you covered both sides of the coin exceedingly well. David, thank you so much for being on Bankadelic today. Lou, it's my pleasure. I appreciate the time today and want to thank all your listeners for joining us. David Brooks is the founder and CEO of Cirrus. He is based in the Denver area. You can look for David on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. 
You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Well, on behalf of everyone at our Challenger Bank, we want to thank you for doing this phone call with us today, Mr. Huckabee. Mr. Huckabee. Yeah, that's right. John Huckabee. Okay, Mr. Huckabee, tell us a little bit about your business. We want to help you with growth. Growth is our priority. It's the number one thing we do. Well, our business is growing, and that concerns me. Well, of course, scaling up is a very... No, I mean, it concerns me because our business is shrinking. Wait, you just said your business is growing. That's right. So how could your business be growing and shrinking at the same time? Well, last year we used to have 200 plants, and now we only have five. Wait a second. That's a really dramatic drop, and yet you said your business is growing, and then you said your business was shrinking. That's right. We grow marijuana plants. You know, Mary Jane, pot, dubers, whatever you want to call it. We love it. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, and our shrinking business is growing. Wait a second. I Now, look. Mr. Hennessy. That's Huckabee. John Huckabee. Okay, Mr. Huckabee. Care to explain? That's the other business we do. They, they get on those peliotons and they take those Pilates classes and their, their genes are too big for them, so we shrink them. They're shrinking business. That's growing. <sighs> okay, so your growing business is shrinking and your shrinking business is growing. That's right. Let me see. Let's back up a minute here. Maybe you can tell me how much in revenues you made overall last year. What's a revenue? How much money did you make last year? Well, that's easy. About $125 million. $125 million? Uh, oh, look. Just looking at your balance sheet, you have a marijuana operation with five plants. You are shrinking jeans. How is Listen, that? Listen, mister, we got these amazing counterfeiting machines from the Eastern Bloc. And I got to tell you, they print $100 bills that nobody would recognize as being fake. And now, Bank Delia presents... Three Bullseyes. Number one. It is a misnomer. It is misunderstood if folks think that you still have to try to be all things to all people. The market just isn't that way anymore. There are opportunities to plug in capabilities that you don't have to develop yourself as a bank and do it quickly. Number two. Look at what Jamie Dimon is saying about fintech these days. If we look at the reality around cloud and how it's developed so quickly in the last year, there's a lot changing very, very quickly, but that North Star has got to be the customer. Number three. The pent-up demand that I'm seeing is very exciting, but also poses a challenge for bankers who haven't yet sorted out scalable processes for their business. This is the last call for sorting out how will we grow? How will we meet all of this pent-up demand? And now, lose views. When it comes to negotiating the contradictory predictions and observations of so many people in the financial services industry, 
there may be one thing we can agree upon, which is something that David Brooks mentioned on today's podcast. That is the need and urgency for growth. Now, without getting too deep into the political weeds here, in fact, let's avoid that altogether. I think that's something that everybody on both sides of the aisle can agree upon. Growth is necessary, growth is good, and growth can spur a recovery in the economy that is so badly needed right now in the pandemic. There may be disagreement on how to get there, but the bottom line is this. Within financial services, we can be ecumenical when it comes to the viewpoints that split society and get behind a greater good. We saw that happen with PPP loans and the ability banks had to rise to the occasion and make sure that small businesses got the money they needed to stay alive. We never looked at the constituencies of those small business owners in terms of the types of customers they served, only if the need was there and the track record was there to back it up that they were vital parts of the American economy. There is another front on which growth must be addressed, and that is technology. In the 1980s, we could afford to wait maybe five or 10 years to update a legacy core system, for example. Fast forward to today and everybody knows the talking points. We need to adapt digital technology. We need to understand digital technology. But one holdover from past decades is that we might think that there is not an urgency to do so now. As David Brooks put it, nothing could be further from the truth. The acceleration to cloud computing technology already proves that those who do not firmly grasp it and get involved in it may be left behind competitors by the end of the year. It's up to all of us in financial services to take seriously the new truth of the 21st century. That is, technology moves so fast you can't take your eye off the ball anymore. But there is good news. By learning to watch it and adopt it, we will be able to serve customers like never before. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And as the feds close in on me and the other wise guys, I'll be thinking. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.